Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from Mother Mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight's episode 21 titled Masters in Softball. Because tonight we have a softball master from the University of Tennessee joining us, Ivy Davis. But before Ivy joins us, Jim, it's a big weekend in Hattiesburg, man. Talk to me a little bit about it. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was cool to go down there to a new stadium, new environment, watch regional action. Uh, LSU coming back from 11-4 to on Kennesaw State and coming back 6-2 to on uh, Southern Miss. So I wish I would have stayed down there. They won the two I was there and lost the two I didn't. But um, the story I want to take from it, Daniel, instead of focusing on the negative of LSU, is, man, Josh Hatcher, you know, our guest, uh, did nothing but drop bomb after bomb after bomb. That dude is out of this world. And, you know, it was really good to get to see him and those Kennesaw State boys and always good to see LSU playing I'll say congratulations to Southern Miss yeah I mean that whole region packed full of studs but really you know we got to talk about Knoxville Randy talking about studs dude I mean they just put it on fellas out there man what what's going on what's in the water in Knoxville and are we ready for a super regional Absolutely ready to welcome in the Fighting Irish for a quick two-game set. I know it's best of three. I said two-game set. So we saw a little bit of everything this weekend, DB. The first game, Alabama State kind of went their way 10-0, battled a little bit. Second game, they go down 4-0 to Campbell before absolutely coming back. What was interesting to note in both games was that the starters got run out. Dolander and Bean got run out. And the veteran bullpen, we talked about it all year, the veteran arms came in and saved the day. Kirby Cannell doing it Saturday. Will Mabry doing it yesterday. Redmond Walsh cleaning it up. Chase Burns getting into the action, too. Uh, but what we saw them do is go to their depth. We talked about it all year. It's just next man up. Obviously, they overcame some things with Evan Russell. Charlie Taylor was admirable in his position. Evan got to come back with some big hits. But the way that Tony Vitello was able to sub in, you know, true freshman and Christian Moore, uh, Jared Dickey in some really, really key spots and have them come through. Right now, Tony Vitello and the boys are absolutely pushing all the right buttons, firing on all cylinders, and it doesn't matter if they're up or they're down. You just never feel like this team is out of it, and the atmosphere was absolutely electric, and I would imagine it will be even more fever pitch this weekend when Notre Dame comes to town. Absolutely. You know, Notre Dame looking for some redemption, trying to make their way to the College World Series. Obviously, Tennessee trying to make their way back. Guys, it's going to be another jam-packed weekend of college baseball. But right now, we need to put that on pause. We need to switch gears. We need to transition to the ladies. We need to talk softball. So help me welcome on to our show with the biggest interview and podcasting this week, University of Tennessee softball star Ivy Davis. Ivy, first of all, thank you for joining us. Know you're busy, but I'm going to cut right to it. Before we get into your backstory, you have an older brother, Noah, played at UC Santa Barbara. This is a question that we always usually ask our guests when they have siblings, but this seemed like it was even more relevant to you guys. I got to know, who's the better athlete between you and your brother? 
That's tough. I think my whole life I would have said me without hesitation. Um, and he would probably have agreed. But ever since he got drafted, um, you know, he's he's a big dog now. So maybe it's a little more head to head now. But I like to think that, you know, I'm not a PO. So I claim a little bit more of the athleticism there. Well, I'm going to follow that up. How competitive have you guys been and are you guys with each other? Honestly, not that much. Um, I think because I like, I was the more athletic sibling growing up, like, and he's so mellow. Like he is just like, I wanted him to be competitive with me. And he's just so like, no, it's all right. You know, whatever. Um, so I was the one that was like, I'm better than you. I'm always going to be better than you. Like pushing him. So I, I think it was kind of one-sided competition there, but we're both, you know, each other's biggest fans. So it's more that than anything. I mean, she she jumped on here and started talking about pitchers only. Uh, I, I feel disrespected from the jump. Jeez. <laughs> I was glad I was muted. I actually took a shot at you right after it. I realized I was muted. <laughs> man, man, that, that's that's all right. That was back in the day. So so speaking of back in the day, Ivan, take us back. Where are you from and what was it like growing up? Obviously, you talked a little bit about your brother, the competitive nature. I'm sure that you know, started at a young age, but, you know, where were you guys growing up? What was home life like? Mom, dad, brothers and sisters, let us know what was up. Well, I'm from Huntington Beach, California. So grew up 10 blocks from the beach. Um, super, you know, big sports area. Southern California is kind of crazy when it comes to sports, especially baseball and softball are big there. Um, so yeah, it was just me and my brother growing up. Um, I played a bunch of different sports. My brother was really just baseball. Um, but yeah, so just always constantly running around, going to different sports, going, you know, changing uniforms, running from here to there. Um, my parents were, were awesome with it. My, my dad was, um, until I was four, he was in a punk rock band. Um, so he was, he was traveling all the time. He was gone a lot. So my mom handled us a lot um, when we were really young. And then when we got older, um, he was in the fire department. So still gone a lot. Um, doing all that but yeah we just we were really busy growing up lots of stuff going on so you know obviously dad dad's in a band and it takes a great deal of of talent obviously to start but also a great deal of like practice and like just commitment to a craft um, was that something that he instilled in you or is that something mom instilled in you or was it kind of a you know a, a team effort definitely team effort um neither of my parents really competed at sports at like a very high level my dad played baseball um through high school but he was hurt so much that he turned more to surfing and music um my mom was a gymnast um for a while but she's pretty tall so she got booted from that one pretty quick too um but yeah it was I think more just them allowing me and my brother to like kind of figure things out on our own and like play whatever sports you want, do whatever you want, play whatever position, um, but go out there and like try your best. Um, I think that kind of just allowed us to develop that, that competition and that like desire to get to the next level on our own. And then once we made that decision to be like, no, like we're going to play at the next level, they were like, all right, we're all in. So um, then it turned into a little bit, a little bit more intense. And, and my dad was my coach for a really long time too. Um, once he was around more. So, so he definitely instilled that in me. He was, he was not, too easy on me growing up um just because he knew that you know I had potential and I'm really grateful for that so what all what all sports did you play growing up I played volleyball competitively all the way through 
high school, um, stopped that my senior year of high school. Um, I did gymnastics, did some, some swim and stuff. When you, when you live in Southern California, you go through a little lifeguard training, um, soccer, basketball, track, a little bit of everything. Gotcha. So like you said, uh, basically a well-rounded athlete in a lot of things. You obviously, you know, you went to high school, you were a four-time first team, all city, all conference player, you were CIF Southern section player of the year. You hit 416, eight home runs, 10 doubles, 29 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, um, you know, throughout your career. You're also named All-American as a senior. You know, at what point in that, in that high school, you know, career do you go, man, like, I think I can play at the next level. Was it early on before you even entered high school where you're like, that's my goal, like, there's no stopping me? Or was there a moment in high school where you're like, oh, shit, like, I, I got something here that can maybe prepare, propel me to the next level? Yeah, so I actually was part of the, the generation, I guess you could call it, that was still able to commit early before the rule changed. Um, so I committed to Arizona when I was a freshman in high school. So 13, 14 years old. Um, so yeah, that like mindset switch I had probably in like sixth grade was when I was like, all right, I'm taking this serious. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to college and, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start that path. Um, so I had that, I had to flip that switch pretty young. Um, yeah. Cause girls were committing early. I, I always wondered this, like we, we've had a couple athletes that have come on and said like, oh, either I've known someone or I committed at like super young age. Like what is like, what is the like, how, how much do they hold you to that commitment? I mean, at, at 13, I mean, is it just trying to get you to, to put more like effort and focus into the sport or is like this something where like, yeah, you're going to come here no matter what. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty serious commitment. Um, it's like, it's, you know, it's a verbal commitment, um, whatever. But, you know, once that gets out, you are tied to that school. It's basically, you know, it's all the way up to putting your name on the dotted line. Um, so it's, it's legit. And that's when you're like, okay, like other schools stop talking to you and you're not really looking at anything else. It's, it's just. You know. But Ivy, I got a question to follow up on that. Let's say that you, you commit your freshman year. What if you're junior and senior year you kind of like stunk up the place Arizona still come calling they can um they can opt out they can be like hey you know if you get hurt if you're like sucking whatever they can be like you know what we're gonna we're gonna step back um sorry you didn't you didn't sign anything like you're not committed here and now all the teams stop talking to you so you're kind of in a bad spot right yeah I mean if you you know if you get your name out there enough when you're going through the recruiting process you can you can kind of get back in the game a little bit, I guess. But um, yeah, it is, it's kind of scary. Well, what if you go, you know what? I don't want to go to Arizona anymore. I want to go somewhere else. Then what? Does that you, make you like look bad? Like to other schools that you're decommitting from age 13 or like, do they get it? I think they probably get it because, you know, who's going to trust a 13 year old to make a decision like that? I mean, it's, it was crazy that they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, if there's like some sketchy reason why you're leaving there, then people might be a little bit more hesitant, but it was, I mean, people decommitted all the time. Cause it's like, Oh, I want to go here. No, I want to go here. Like it's, I mean, well, I always, I always felt like the biggest reason is because the coach that may have came and recruited you is not there anymore. And so that always changes the game. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The week, 
the way coach the coaching carousel works i mean at 13 there could be three different <laughs> coaches there by the time you're actually ready to go but um you know was there ever another school that drew your interest where you were like oh, i don't know if arizona is the right spot for me um no i thought i i did a pretty good job of narrow like making sure i narrowed it down to my top three or four before committing um, just so that I wouldn't have that doubt and I wouldn't, you know, have those, you know, things holding me back at any point. Um, and, and, you know, you ask the questions like, oh, how long is that coach's contract or like whatever um, it may be that is going to be that deciding factor for you. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's how much you really put into it before that commitment that I guess can, can make it last longer. So initially you choose Arizona, but like, why? What was it about them where you were like, you know, this, they make my three or four list and now I'm narrowing it down and they're my, that my one, that's where I'm going to go. That's where I want to commit. Yeah. So, I mean, Arizona has always been a championship team. Um, their, their coach, he just retired, um, last season, but he's legendary Olympic coach was at Arizona for 30 plus years, just like the goat of softball is, is what he was. Um, so just, you know, like getting the opportunity to even talk to him, I was starstruck just being, you know, Jenny Finch went to Arizona. So being that little softball player, that's like, oh my gosh, Jenny Finch is, is softball. Like I could be her, um, you know, you get all wide eyed looking at, looking at that. Um, and I always said, you know, it's hard to look bad in red, white, and blue. Um, so uniform color was a big deciding factor for sure, <laughs> which is, it's silly, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, when something that big comes to you when you're 13, it's like, it's too good to be true, but I'm going to grab onto it when, you know, when it comes. There's nothing silly about wanting to look good in uniform. I, I would definitely turn down a school if they had terrible uniforms or mascot. But I do have a question, you know, before we get into Arizona, you know, we talked about that recruiting thing. You know, you play travel ball as well. We know travel ball is such a big thing. Um, you know, Daniel rattled off some stats that you had in high school, um, but was it, so since it was eighth grade, it was clearly travel ball. Um, what team did you play for that really put you on the map um, to be seen by Arizona? So I was playing for the SoCal Firecrackers um, for about five years, I think six, sixth grade up until my junior year of high school-ish. Um, and that's, that's, you know, when all the recruiting was done. And then I changed teams to the Orange County Batbusters my senior year. And so that's where I was, you know, able to develop for college. But yeah, most of my looks was was – firecrackers yeah and that, and i always i always loved like the the summer the summer team names <laughs> yeah like the bat busters that's yeah. that's a legit name yeah that seems to be the thing universally you know you're in california daniel's in florida uh randy's in tennessee i'm in mississippi we see the same thing you know it's travel ball you know you can put up all those stats and a lot of the the you know recruiters aren't going to be at the high school softball games they're going to be at the travel ball tournaments where they can see a lot of talent at once and so um, it's no surprise and, and that's why they were able to find you before high school but nonetheless you know you said you you chose Arizona you played three years under legendary coach uh, Mike Kendria um, has the second most college world series titles and only second to UCLA and Mike himself won um, 1670 games you made 87 appearances with 61 starts in your three years. Um, so true example of a utility player. But let's start with the, the freshman season. You know, you get there. What is uh, what is the mood? What is the emotion? What are the feelings? Are you nervous? Are you excited? What's going on? Oh, I was so nervous. I got the yips. It was terrible. 
um, I was playing third base and I would like shuffle twice and then still throw it to like the pitcher circle. Like it wouldn't even make it to first base. And it was just awful. Um, sprained my ankle the first week of practice in the fall. Like it was just the, the worst thing ever. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, it's, you know, what you've dreamt of your whole life, especially committing at 13. I stepped on that field and I was like, Oh my gosh, like here I am finally. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was a big mix of emotions. What was it, what was it like going from, you know, you said you were right by the beach to going out to the desert? It's not great. <laughs> you know, my, I think my first day of practice, which again, I was in a boot with a sprained ankle. I think it was 108, um, just dry heat, insane, no, not a cloud in the sky, just brutal. Brutal. So you started 18 of 22 games and appeared in 39 games as a freshman. You hit 207, two doubles, and four home runs. Obviously, you know, like you said, had a little struggle out the gate, but uh, seemed to pick it up, um, you know, more your sophomore year. Um, appeared in 26 games. What's impressive is, you know, we talked about the utility player that you are, 13 in left field, four at shortstop, one at right field, one at second base. I mean, what's your mindset um, – you know, and your willingness to contribute to the team and play any position on the field? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of bounced around growing up, so I was always used to playing a lot of positions. Um, and Arizona really took that seriously. I, I think I started in seven different positions or something in my time there. Um, so, yeah, all my talks with Coach were just like, hey, wherever you need me, like, you put me there, I'm going to be the best one you've ever seen. Like, that, that was my mindset, and that's kind of just how we looked at it. And um, I wasn't an everyday starter ever, um, but, you know, I was, you know, you're number two in every position. So if someone goes down, be ready to go, be ready to play left, be ready to, you know, go to shortstop, whatever it was. I was just kind of stayed in that mindset, like, you know, I'm just going to get it done wherever I go. Yeah, absolutely. But by junior year, you know, you locked down first base with 21 starts. Um, you know, I talked about freshman year, 207, sophomore year, 220. You get your batting average all the way up to 305. So talk to us. Um, what got you settled in? What got you hitting better? Uh, I think it was probably just more comfort in having that um, position a little bit more locked down. I, I was still kind of in and out, um, but getting the opportunity to, you know, be in that lineup more consistently and, and be a little bit higher up in the lineup sometimes um, just helped me settle down. I think, I mean, hitting was never my thing, honestly. Like growing up, I was a switch hitter. I bounced between left and right all the time. Like just tried to get it done because defense is my baby. Like I will play the field all day long, but hitting, I was like, yeah, I just got to figure something out. Um, and that was very evident in my average at Arizona. Um, but yeah, I think, I think just, you know, that comfort that comes with, you know, knowing you have a spot a little bit more secured. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it makes sense. And, you know, sophomore season, what I didn't say, you know, y'all made it to postseason junior year, you know, you're you're finding your groove. Things are going well for y'all, but then it gets short, uh, cut short to COVID. You know, coming off that College World Series appearance, uh, did you feel like you guys would have been right back there with a chance to win it all this time? Oh, yeah. I, th I think we were really, really solid. Um, that group of seniors was really powerful, really dynamic, and like a lot of legendary players that you know, really left a mark on the sport and at Arizona. So I think that was that was going to be a big year for sure. So the real question comes, and I'm going to let Randy get into all things Tennessee after this question. You know, you're putting up amazing numbers. You're with a team that's winning, but ultimately you go from Arizona to Tennessee. So how does that happen, Ivy? Um, I think that just goes back down to the, the opportunity piece. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I liked playing everywhere. I liked being able to be versatile, but 
shortstops where I wanted to be. Um, and the shortstop in Arizona that was ahead of me was leading the country in home runs. She's, you know, super power hitter. Um, and when COVID hit, the seniors got that fifth year back. And um, I just saw it as, you know, an opportunity for me to be able to go somewhere else. So I sat down with coach and just kind of ran him through that. And he totally understood. And I ended up graduating from Arizona um, that summer too. So I actually went into Tennessee as a grad transfer. Um, so it worked out awesome. I, I got to, you know, be an alumni of Arizona um, and then get to experience something completely different and, and a little bit more opportunity somewhere else. No, absolutely. It makes perfect sense to me. But I got to ask you, you kind of talked about the difference between going from SoCal to Arizona, but now you're going from the desert to Knoxville, Tennessee. So talk about, is that culture shock, Ivy? Yeah, a little bit. I think that, I mean, the biggest difference is the weather. I've never grown up with like seasons, actually. We got a lot of them. Sometimes they change daily. Yeah. As, I mean, it's like, it's raining right now. I don't know where that came from. It's 80 degrees today. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely, I mean, not a bad culture shock in any way. The people in the South are so nice and you know, coming from Southern California, I'm like, Oh, why are you hugging me? And like, Oh, you guys actually smile at each other on the streets. That's weird. We don't do that where I'm from. Um, so it's like, it was all positive things. I, I love it out here for sure. No, absolutely. You kind of talked about finding a place you wanted to play shortstop. You come in as a grad, already have your degree, obviously, from Arizona. Start all 57 games at shortstop in your first year at Tennessee. Started off your 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 career at Tennessee with a literal bang, homering in your first game with Tennessee. So you said offense was never really your thing. Then you come to Tennessee. The first thing I see you do, hit a two-run shot against Eastern Kentucky. How Talk me through that first game as a ball. Oh, I felt like I was a freshman all over again. Like that was just so nerve wracking. I was like, this is, this is my time to prove myself. Um, it's time to, you know, figure it out. You're a senior now, you're a transfer, like show people that, that you were meant to be on this stage. And um, yeah, I guess, I mean, it was just, it was so exciting. Like I get butterflies every time I step on the field and that was just like insane for sure. Yeah, so you're you obviously, you know, you're a senior now, you lead the team in home runs, 57, 16 home runs, 57 RBIs. You talked about defense being your baby. 977 fielding percentage, team high 98 assists. Also had eight doubles, 24 extra base hits. But I want to go back to the defensive thing because we'll get into this in a second. But 977 seems low for you, Ivy. I mean, were you mad about that? Oh, yeah. I was, I was really mad. And honestly, I think I got given a couple errors that were not mine. Um, and I must have been road games. I, yeah, I know. I mean, I don't even remember. There was, there was some that I was like, I went back and looked at it and I was like, really? I, I mean, I'll own an error all day long because like I said, defense is my baby. I, I know what it takes. I think I got two or three that were not my own that season. For sure. We got to get a different scorekeeper. <laughs> Listen, they, have, so they have one job. One, one job. They're, are they on game changer in college athletics? Or we got a literal scorebook. We got to do better. Well, so your first year at Tennessee, you guys are a national seed. You're a nine seed. End up advancing to the Super Regionals before, you know, kind of falling short. James Madison and that that whole little run they made. But how much do you think having that tournament experience with Arizona helped you with this team? Obviously, Tennessee's a team. I mean, they have incredible history with softball as well. How much did it help you personally to have that tournament experience? I think it was huge. Um, and even in some of our, our post-game talks and stuff or like post-practice, whatever it would be, um, people would come to like, look to me for, for some of that guidance, some of the answers like, Hey, you've been to the world series. You've been through the postseason. Like, what's it like? And I'm like, well, maybe I didn't play that much, but I've been there. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's a little comfort in knowing like how serious the postseason is, but at the same time, like 
you got to see it as just another game. You can't make the moment too big. And those, those are the kinds of, kinds of things that I just had to relay to my team. And, you know, we were, we were all really close. So they were easy to tell, you know, the hard things to the easy things to was not too No, absolutely. So let's go back to this past season. I guess you call it your graduate. Obviously you get your master's degree. So now you got a, not only a master at defense, but a master on paper as well. So you start every game again at shortstop. This time we fired the scorekeeper and got a real one fielding percentage of a thousand in conference play, turning 15 double plays and a career high 108 assists. Just to run through some of this 2022 all sec second team, 2022 sec, all defensive team. You were even sec player of the week. So to you was obviously it did the season didn't end the way you wanted it to. Obviously I watched every game, but for you, is this, I mean, was this the pinnacle you, you played how you thought you were always capable? I mean, it talked me through this last year and how much it meant to you to play it out. Yeah. I mean, it meant so much. And honestly, going back to the defense thing, I, I, yeah, I was a thousand in sec, but I kind of sucked at the beginning of the year. I made a ton of errors this year and I was really mad about it. Um, but yeah, being, being able to finish just kind of with a couple accolades, which, you know, is never what I'm aiming for, but it's, just kind of nice to see in your last year going out um just it's it's almost like a little bit of recognition for all the work that you put in those years prior um it, it's really nice to see and I, I mean I love this team I love this school with everything that I have so being able to you know have that run with them even though it got cut short again was just like I, I would not trade it for the world and also, you know, obviously we talked about the head coach that you had at Arizona, but then you get to come to Tennessee and play for another legendary it was Ralph and Karen Weekly, both obviously now just Karen. But I mean, talk about how those two have kind of helped mold you into the human being that you will be from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, just again, giving me the opportunity and like taking a chance on me because I didn't you know, have all the stats or anything from Arizona. So them just bringing me here and being like, all right, you're a shortstop. This is this is you know, what you're going to be to us and um, putting me out there regardless of how I was doing and just giving me those chances and always supporting me in, you know, on and off the field um, was just something that really helped me grow as a person. And, and they just kind of fostered this environment of like, all right, this is our team. This is our group. Everybody's in it together. Um, so I was able to, to learn from all the people around me, um, staff, teammates, everything. And it just made it, made it super awesome. And I feel like I'm a way better person just because of the people here. Absolutely. So you end up, like I said, getting your master's degree, some public relations. Something I noticed in doing my research on you, Ivy, was that academics has always been a huge thing for you. Even going back to high school, you've gotten obviously all academic rec, you know, recognition. Talk to me about your mindset there. There was such an onus placed on academics for you. Yeah. I mean, academics are always super important um, for athletes. I feel like, especially when you're committing so young, um, they're really looking at like, okay, are you going to be a liability for us off the field when you get here? Uh, so that's something I had to take seriously from a really young age and something that my parents always you know, taught me to have pride in. Um, so yeah, just, I mean, I enjoy learning. I'm, I'm not like a, you know, go out of my way studier by any means, but when I find something interesting, I'll, I'll, you know, dig a little bit deeper into it. So that makes it a lot easier. And then just, just knowing like, that it's going to open more doors for me later in life or that it opened all the doors for me, you know, to get to college. And it was just, it was just a big, you know, part of how I got here. All right. So I got two last questions for you. And the, the first one I'm going to ask you is uh, with obviously both the softball team and the baseball team performing at high levels, 
Um, do the baseball team and softball team support each other as much as it seems like you guys do with the daddy hat and the mommy hats and all that? I mean, we're, I, we're close with each other. They don't get to come out. They didn't get to come out to a lot of our games because we always have the same schedule. We got to jump over to a few of their midweeks. Um, but yeah, some of the guys that come in and do that, I don't think they even knew like when we did the mommy hat. So we originally, we got, when the boys got the fur coat and the hat taken away, that's why we brought it. We said, oh, they didn't tell us anything. So we brought a fur coat, the one that Hero wore to the baseball game. Yeah. Um, and then we had the, the mommy hat first. And then we had people jumping on like, oh, you guys need a daddy hat. Um, so we just kind of wanted to, you know, stand in support for our boys there. Um, but yeah, I mean, our team was always like, we had the baseball game on in, in the locker room and stuff. It's just, it's, it's fun to be a part of that. Yeah. And we've had a, a lot of the Tennessee baseball players on and one in particular was Evan Russell. He's, we're huge fans of Evan Russell and he spoke extremely highly of you guys. So I, I just figured it was a lot of support going back and forth. Yeah. So my last question before we jump into the game is what's next for you, Ivy? You know, I haven't really figured that out yet. Um, I'm working some things out right now. Um, might be going to play a little bit, of, if you want to call it professional um, in Italy. So overseas softball, it's, it's nothing too crazy. It's probably honestly a step down from college softball um but a couple months of that maybe um besides that heading back home to california to get into the real world i guess hang up the cleats and start working all right ivy so you know there's a lot a lot to do a lot going on it's a it's a special time obviously bittersweet i'm sure but you have the opportunity to continue your career um you know, as being someone who has been in Italy, I wouldn't pick any other place in the world to go and continue my career. So uh, we, we wish you the best of luck with that. But before you get out of here, we want to play a little game with you called This or That. You down to play? All right. I'm in. All right. It's really easy. Very, very easy. It's uh, you get you get two options. All you got to do is pick one, one or the other. That's it. Right. Uh, you can't can't say both. Can't say neither. And, you know, just be very decisive, quick to the punch, and whatever you feel, you say. All right? Got it. So, uh, pun intended here, we're going to start with a little softball question, a little, a little layup, so to speak. Are you a dog cat, a dog person or a cat person? Dog person. Dog. What's your favorite dog? I have a corgi. Um, I don't know if that's my favorite, but he is really funny looking, so I'm going to have to go with him. All right. So. From the West Coast all the way to East Tennessee, are you a, a pool person or a beach person? Beach person. No hesitation on that. No doubt. No doubt. So would you rather be street smart or book smart? Street smart. You already got the book smarts, right? You're like, I already <laughs> got that. I'll, I'll, I'll take something different. I can get by that way. I think, I think street smarts will get me a little further in, in life. Man, that's what everybody says. Everybody wants to be street smart. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Would you rather have a group hangout or just one-on-one? -on -one? That's tough. Um... So, you know, you, you and your, your friends going, chilling out together, or are you and the bestie just chilling out watching Netflix? I'd probably say group hangout. I mean, if it's like a group of close friends, that's I mean, I'm a big relationship person. So, like, if that's one-on-one, -on -one, that's awesome. If I have a group of people that I can be that close with, that's great, too. All right. 
Got to pick one. Jenny Finch or Monica Abbott? Monica, go balls. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Would you rather owe money or owe someone a favor? Owe someone a favor. I don't like being in debt. Oh, she hasn't been uh, asked to help somebody move yet, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. That's the Never one thing that I don't want anybody to help me do because I would feel bad. And it's the one thing I don't want to help other people. I'll give somebody money to hire a mover. Randy, which speaking of, I'll see you next month. I need that help moving, bro. I got you a gift card on the way, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> College hunks moving junk. There you go. <laughs> There you go. That's your gift card. All right, Ivy, would you rather have the fur coat or the daddy hat? Got to pick one. Can't be both now. I'll take the daddy hat. Daddy hat. Yeah, it's pretty stylish. Take it anywhere. Easy to fold up. Plus, after what Tony V said about the coat. The coat. coat Tony V said the fur coat smells. Yeah. Ours kind of stinking up our mudroom, too. All right. Last question. That's a big one. Would you rather save a hundred strangers or one loved one? One loved one. One loved one. You don't. You say you don't. You don't. You don't care about being a hero to a hundred people. You just want that one loved one. I mean, I. You know, if you have that relationship established, I feel like that's that's worth more. I mean, that sounds awful. Well, Daniel, if she's gonna answer. If she's gonna answer that question that easy, you might as well hit hit her with come or jail. Then we we need a little difficulty. All right. All right. I'll throw you a little bonus. Just a little extra credit. You got your master's degree. You you can handle a little extra extra work here. So, would you rather spend ten years in a coma or five years in jail? I heard y'all asking the boys this one. I did listen to that one, and I heard and, and and let 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 me stop you because all them dudes are liars. Every <laughs> every dude that comes on and answers this, this question is a liar. They just lie right to our even face. Tony Vitello. Yep. Even Tony. I'm trying to think. Somebody, somebody said, I feel like Drew Beam said he would take the coma. One of them did. He's too pretty to be in jail. (laughs) I feel like one of them did, though. Yeah. All right. I don't know if I would last in jail. I want to think that I could, but I don't think I could ever. Um, So I'm going to probably have to go with the coma. See, that's, that's a great answer. And it's a great way to put it because all these other cats that come on here and pick jail, they they pick it because they think they think they can do it. They they don't know. They just don't know. Yeah, I, I think mean, that I, Drew Gilbert could do it because he's crazy. That maybe. Well, oh, and we usually don't <laughs> ask the the female athletes that question, and we asked Allie Stumler that if you remember Daniel, and she previously during the episode talked about how she didn't like confrontation, and then would turn around and pick that she would take jail, yeah. and you had to let her know there would be a lot of confrontation. <laughs> She yeah, said I mean, she's gonna pick the biggest person and just punch him. Yeah, no. Whatever happened, happened. Not my style. I don't think uh, I wouldn't last a second. I'm I'm there with you. I, I'll tell you like I tell everybody. At 37, I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And jail, I've never been there, but I know I would not be good at it. Yeah. Sleeping and napping, I'm I'm number one at that. So I'll take a coma all day. I got a question for you, Ivy. Are you going to go to the Super Regionals with baseball or any of the, like, you know, watch parties or anything? If we can get tickets, I will be there. We went to all the regional games. Um, I'm, I'm a huge baseball person, especially college baseball. Like, after watching my brother, I'm like, 
obsessed with it. Um, so if I can, if I can find my way in there, I will be at Lindsay Nelson. How, how, do, how does that work? You guys just, you have this successful season. You, you know, you can't just get a ticket. Like, I mean, we, we probably can. Um, that's kind of what we did for regionals. It's just, you know, the farther they get, you're like, are we going to be asking for too much? And I'm like, oh, I'm a retired athlete now. They're going to be like, you don't even go here anymore. <laughs> or something. But hopefully, hopefully we'll be. Maybe there. if you were coming back next year, we would, but sorry, you're out. Yeah, they're like, it was six year or nothing. Get out. Yeah, that's, that's messed up, man. Tennessee, y'all need to do better. Y'all need to take care <laughs> of y'all's people. They've treated us really well. So I think, right. I think we'll be good to go. All right. Ivy, anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here? I don't think I have anything besides go Vols. That's all I can say for the rest of my life, I think. <laughs> go Vols. Her, her, her last words on the podcast. I'll tell you what. If y'all want to know more about Ivy, y'all want to see what she's got going on, go to Instagram at Ivy underscore Davis. You'll see her. You'll see the Tennessee Vols softball team. Hell, you might even see some Italy softball coming up real soon. Ivy, it's been a pleasure. If there's anything we can do for you, please reach out to us. Let us know. Thank you all so much. That's Ivy Davis, everybody. If you like hearing Ivy's story or you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll see everybody. On Wednesday, got a special midweek edition. Got episode 22 coming at you. We're going to continue with all things University of Tennessee with B. Ryder at Vols 247 West Rucker. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.